Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be all right. Just know that it will be all right. It will be all right. It will be all right. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So, let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? So this is your girl, Diamond, and I'm that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I brought my little cousin. She just graduated from hey. high school. Hey. Ah! <laughs> I'm so excited to have her because, you know, I've been um, watching her and just watching her grow up and she has so many great things to say. She's so Aww. brilliant. And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to have her on the show. And since I'm here in Chicago, I'm like, for her graduation, and she graduated with honors, of course, because, you know, Yay. we come from a lineage of bad bitches, and this is what we do. <laughs> so, you know, I I wanted to bring her on the show. So this is my little cousin, Oh my gosh, hi. <laughs> so of course you're a Marsha Plate listener. Yes, I do. I do. I listen to the podcast. So how long have you been listening? I've been probably for a year now. Okay. Um, I think I, I was like whenever you first added me on Facebook and okay. like I saw like, oh, Diamond has a podcast. Like, let me go check this out. Um, and so I checked it out. I think one of the first episodes I watched was, I think... I don't know. If, I don't think Rakim was on it, but I think you were discussing sort of like your life or like your your early life and right. sort of like your dealings with your mom and right. sort of you know growing up in Indianapolis. Daddy's lessons, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So it was just ba- mainly about you and like okay. growing up and so your trials and tribulations and stuff. So. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't add you and Tay on my Facebook early on yeah. because I was so young. Yeah. <laughs> I was so young and I was like, I have some raunchy <laughs> adult stuff on there. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to add them. Yeah. It was like, a, it was a pinnacle. Like when I was like, Oh, Diamond added your Facebook. <laughs> like it's so exciting. <laughs> like, like you feel like you've reached a level of like yeah. grownness to like consume. <laughs> that's the truth because yeah. <laughs> I was I used to be really conscious of um just what y'all saw yeah. <laughs> and I was like mm, I don't know if they're ready for that yeah. <laughs> but then when we um when y'all were at 
Rakim's graduation. Yeah. And we were having all these conversations. And I was like, oh, they're grown now. <laughs> Let me go ahead and add them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it just changed the... Um, it just changed the dynamic of, okay, I don't see y'all as the little babies anymore. For I'm like, sure. oh my God, they're growing up. Oh, yeah. Uh, they have their periods. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, well. little, little babies. <laughs> little babies, I used to change their, their diapers and sing them to sleep. Oh. Now they're grown. So, well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, tell me about what's going on in your life and what are, what are your plans after um yeah you know you graduated today you walked yeah. down the aisle today i did so what's next well um i plan to go to college um i'm going to howard university hey. in washington dc mm-hmm. um we were talking about this earlier at breakfast mm-hmm. it was a long long process <laughs> um i wanted to go to an hbcu i knew that like in the very beginning of my college process um uh-huh. Why are, why are HBCUs important to uh, a person that's just not graduating? Aside, I think the first part is, like, the influence from my family. Uh-huh. Um, you went to an HBCU. Yes, you went to Jackson okay. State, right? So, like, <laughs> yes. not only did I see, like, the folks in my family who are, like, educated go mm-hmm. to an HBCU, but, like, I saw what happened after that, which was, like, sort of success and, like, right. you know, a life after that. Because your like, mom went to Jarvis, right? Yeah, she went yeah. to Jarvis Christian College. Yeah. Um, and then Uncle Joe went to Jackson State, so, like majority of our family members who are like have higher degrees too um like went to an hbcu um and then also my high school years were like a lot of struggle a lot of struggles were happening like at one point i was literally homeless right Mm -hmm. like um so i knew that i needed some like time transitional time and i knew that like pwis weren't predominantly white institutions weren't going to wait for me Whereas like HBCUs would allow me to settle in and like provide me with the resources, support systems to, you know, get my life together in order to like transition into like this crazy thing called right. college. You know? Right, exactly. And for me, I Rakim, we were trying to convince Rakim to go to HBCU. He went to um Ole Miss. But what we were worried about is I didn't feel like they were gonna look out for him. The way uh, HBCU does look out for you, like for example, when I went to Jackson State, I I was because it was uh, black <laughs> folks on the staff. <laughs> when I needed something to happen, right? They made it happen. Like they like I needed my um, out of state fees went right. Yeah, and so I talked to the right person, <laughs> did the right things, and they got my out of state fees. I right. don't think I would have been able to do that at all. PWI. No, most certainly not. Um, yeah, I think the camaraderie that's formed mm-hmm. um, from going to an HBCU is magnificent. Right. I remember coming back. I went to ASD, which is Acceptance Students Day, mm-hmm. um, and that I went to Howard's Acceptance Students Day. Um, and I remember I, I bought apparel there, so I had a, a Howard sweatshirt. And I remember coming back from DC, and I was in the airport, and the amount of like waves and shouts, and people was like, "H you?" And I was like, "You know?" So it was just like this sort of like all the black folks in the yes. airport that you see, you know, your little aunties coming around, yes. baby. I'm so proud Community. of you. So it's just like the immediate sort of like camaraderie that's formed from like going to an HBCU. Um, it's just magnificent. It makes yeah. you feel good. It makes you feel like you have like other folks that are around you that like, yeah. I'm down with Your you. Your culture. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you, you graduated from one of the top 
high schools in the country now. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, pre- I wouldn't say that it's predominantly white, but um, there's some privileges that y'all have in this oh, school. Yeah. <laughs> that For other sure. schools don't have. Definitely For sure. some privileges. For sure. But it's, it was a lot of black people. So I was, it was like, look, I would guess it was like 40%, like 40 and 40. Yeah, like it's 40% around there. white, 40% black, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then the 20% others. Yeah, that's about yeah. right. Yeah. So, but y'all high school is not like ours. <laughs> Like ours was poor. Y'all look like y'all got some technology and No, yeah, that's yeah, that's a super interesting Y'all look like a junior college. If I wanna yeah. if I wanna think about when I walk through the campus and I see yeah. what y'all have access to, it almost is like a junior college. Yeah, no, we the students joke about that all the time. We're like, Evanston's nothing but community college. I mean yeah. from the courses you're allowed to take you know, to the size of the campus, right? Like how big our campus is. Like that's a privilege in itself, right? Mm-hmm. Like having space to kick balls and run around, having your own football field that's huge, you know, right. having your own two having two softball fields, having a huge baseball field, right? Those are like privileges yeah. that we have and we know like we're unique in that way. Is that one of the reasons why you end up staying in Chicago? Because I remember you were um at in Louisiana for school and it, Tell me about the differences that made you make the decision to stay in Chicago, even though the family moved back. Um, Yeah. So like living in Louisiana, I think if we're talking about school wise, it was certainly kind of trash. Like um, not I mean, obviously, from the standpoint of like feeling targeted like a lot, but even like silence, like what do you mean by targeting? So any little thing about dress coding they try to like write you up or like if you said something back in a way that wasn't like super disrespectful but you were sort of like not being silent about being treated bad and like demanding that you be treated well and the others around you be treated well um immediately it was seen as like disrespectful and like there was no dialogue and so like you would just get a write-up and then Mm -hmm. you just start like black kids were building records um in an educational institution and so it was just weak sauce like academically you know it was bad because folks like literally everybody was failing math like like nobody was passing math like how do you have an entire class of like seventh and eighth graders that don't know how to do like basic math and everybody's failing and like nobody's being held accountable for it like in the administration or like teacher wise and like nobody cares about students failing right um so it just felt like nobody gave a shit about you like in the like in the institution and so when we came to evanston my brother had came to Evanston before us. So Charles came to Evanston and lived before us. He was having some issues, same sort of issues where there, it was in, in the, you know, educational space, but then also outside and like the streets and stuff like that. So mom was like, just go to Chicago. So, which is, which is kind of strange because you would think go to Chicago with uh, with the, with the stereotype of Chicago. Go to Evanston, right? Right. Like Evanston is a suburb of Chicago. Um, So it's not really Chicago, but it was like, go to Evanston, right? And like live your life there. And like, at least you'll have a better education, right? Like you may, you may be out in the streets, but like, at least you'll have a chance at like a better education, which can deter some of that, you know, outsourcing. So like we came, we would visit him there like a few times. And after one or two visits, we were like, hey this is kind of lit like my brother we came there my brother had his own computer like we were like y'all get computers here (laughs) exactly like i don't remember nobody giving us no computer like y'all get computers (laughs) like your own laptop like like that was wild 
And my brother was like, yeah, you get and the charger come with like, you know, a computer and the charger. Like you get the whole package and they give you a little case to carry it in. So it was like, dang, y'all doing it big. So it was like once we saw that computer, it was like, oh, we finna come back reap them benefits. Um, so it was more than that, you know, but I think my decision to stay in Evanston, despite like severe setbacks, like my aunt literally losing, losing like her home right and like us having right. to move to the south side of chicago um and then me having to travel from the south side of chicago to, to evanston, evanston which, which is, is long as fuck an hour and a half on the train yeah. like back in there um was because of the education i knew that once i had that stamp of like evanston alumni it was like it it held weight and i knew that i if i needed a place to come back to um because i want to be a teacher so if i needed if i knew i needed a place to come back to that like valued you know, closeness and togetherness and sort of like looked out for people who were a part of, you know, their crew, their clique, which is clickish. But if I, if I needed, a, I knew that if I needed to come back somewhere and get a job and like I, where I knew people and where I had like, I could come back to Evanston. Gotcha. So. Interesting. Come up. Yeah. Very much is. a come up and like very much like thinking about the future, mm. um, like a place that I can come back to and like make a coin if I needed to. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because I put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch I am community is fuck <laughs> so thank you I really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not you can donate as low as a dollar a month it doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please, do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. What are high schoolers concerned about right now? What is some of the conversations hmm. that you all are having um, politically? Politically, I think I think it depends on where you are in mm -hmm. like the nation or even like the world. But like, for instance, I think well, maybe not. I think in Evanston, politically, um, we're so close to Chicago. So like obviously gun violence mm -hmm. um, and then I guess like nationally too, like the abuse of like guns um, and like folks dying like like did you literally like in did you did your school being like it seemed like your school is one that kind of cares yeah did did you all did anything change in your um with all these school shootings did anything change in how your school navigated um like how like as far as like th things to deter like gun violence yeah, like, or, or did y'all do any drills oh, yeah, did y'all yeah. do any um did they I mean, bring I think, in more security? Did they, you get what I'm saying? I think Evanston, Evanston was a bit different. Like, we didn't have, like, increased drills or anything or, like, practice for, like, a shootout because I think Evanston wanted to f make their students feel, like, safe, but not in a way that, like, 
we militarize the school now because like folks are shooting up around the nation. So it was like, we want this space to be as like happy and like look safe, right? We want it to feel safe. We want it to look safe. So increased security automatically um, put students like on their toes because we already getting targeted by the security that walks. We have security, by the way, in our school. Right. Um, they're called safety officers, but they're like security guards or whatever. They call them safety because they don't really, they're not supposed to operate as security. They're supposed to keep us safe. But they <laughs> they do a whole bunch of like fucked up shit, and like as a, as a result, like students are getting in trouble. But like we already have security, and like they do what whatever they do. But like I think Evanson's response to like what was going on as far as gun violence was like protest. I get like we had a walkout, um, and we, like we ended up getting tardies for that. We counted as an absence in our classes. So like I have that on my record. So like that one day that we walked out, we didn't go far. We went to like our school football field right. and like we walked out as well as teachers. So like our whole school just got up and was like, yeah, we're going to go out. And we made the news, you know, we, mm. we made, we made national news. The, um, the Chicago time, you know, like one of the big um, Chicago newspapers wrote about it, you know, wrote an article about it. So we were in, in the audience today. A lot of the parents were talking about, and even during um, your, is it who's the guy that was kind of leading it, the tall white guy? Oh, Dr. Witherspoon. He was our superintendent. Yeah. So even he was mentioned it in some of his speeches or whatever yeah. that you guys brought in a lot of change with the protests that y'all were doing. Yeah, because it wasn't just for like like gun violence either. If you, if you just think about like the things, over sexualizing yeah. of women, right? Yeah. Like, and how that, like that is an issue, not just in the, the, you know, school, but that's outside. Right. But right. inside of the like educational institution, young girls were being like targeted, um, especially like girls of like thicker, mm -hmm. um, body types were being targeted. Um, how so? So like, <laughs> this is bad. And I feel really bad, like saying this, um, there was a time before our, we changed the dress code where if you were dress coded for having really short shorts, they made you put on sweatpants that said Dean's office or like it had like Dean's or whatever on it. Right. So essentially you were labeled as like a whore, right? Like this, it was almost like a scarlet letter, right? Like it, right. if it was short shorts, they would give you like sweatpants and it had like Dean's or something on it, or they would give you a sweatshirt and it had like Dean's on it or something like that. Right. So essentially it was kind of like the scarlet letter, like, you clearly weren't wearing something you weren't supposed to be wearing. And so like now yeah, you have the punishment of wearing this raggedy sweat jumpsuit looking like you in, from the jailhouse um, right. with Dean's written on all it, you know? So it's, so that was sort of like the punishment for um, dress coding or they would like call your parents and make you go home. So like just real like weird stuff and sort of, so we were like real tired of it. And it was mainly the, you know, Girls. The black, right, the, the girls, but girls. The, and then black girls were like the main ones being targeted versus the white girls who didn't have like who don't got no fucking body, <laughs> <laughs> so it's right, not sexualized because right. they built like right. Boys. So if a little cheat come out of our you know shorts, it's like ah uh, stripper. Yeah, it's like you remember <laughs> well, they like ain't a got whore. no cheeks. It's like okay. Yeah, it's like it don't really look. You know, yeah. you, we can't have the boys looking at that. You know, what about the boys? So it was. It was just real trash and we had enough of it. And so we skipped class and we stood in like our main lobby and we were like, no, nah, we ain't going back to class until y'all sit down and like discuss a change.
Um, right. And so what came out of that? Um, so our dress code changed. So now we don't really have a dress code. And with that, it wasn't just like about like girls wearing short shorts, but now we can wear hats at school. We can wear mm-hmm. a hood. We can put a hood on and like wear a hood. Whereas before we couldn't put it, like you'd walk into school and they'd be like, take off your cap. They'd be like harassing you, like over wearing a cap and like, nigga, it's winter time right now. Like it, the snow is coming down or like it's raining outside. Like, can I, let me take my hat off and pee? Like I'm gonna do it. So it was like little things like that that just was like bothersome and like harassment. Mm. and so um where did y'all get that like where did you get the idea because i you know i'm i come from a little small town <laughs> just the idea of us protesting something in school never crossed our minds like it, yeah i didn't come from an era where um we had uniforms in our school but there was a lot of stuff that we were like well, but they did um there was a dress code mm-hmm. and the black girls were predominantly um, targeted more so than the white girls for the exact same reason. Mm-hmm. Um, but us protesting it or doing something like that, baby, they would have sent us to detention. <laughs> they would have, we wouldn't have got any kind of response yeah. that we wanted. What gave y'all the idea? What gave you the mindset to do it? What made you think that it would work? What sparked this? Yeah, I think I think our I think the, uh, the commencement speaker talked about this today, which was like our I don't know if it's a commitment somebody talked about this today which was like our generation and it's nothing new right because generations have protested before us but specifically our generation to like not take shit from people and like sort of stand up for what we believe in and sort Mm of um really speak up and like regardless of the consequence right like I think we have a and this could hurt us and help us in ways right like our sort of I don't give a f about this sort of mentality um and in a sense that like as far as protesting like we don't care about like the detention if all of us are down here and all of us are saying the same thing and not only did we like protest but before we protested we started like a Facebook group on social media, I say we, but like other people did it, but like we were all like a part of it. Like mm-hmm. somebody specifically started like a Facebook group. And in that Facebook group, it, they had like a little, not a poll, but like sort of a survey question. And they sent the survey out and like students detailed their accounts of being harassed in the hallways. Y'all better organize. Yes. Better and organize. so when it came time for us to meet with the administration, we were like, Baby, look at all this evidence. <laughs> like, like, there's no way out of this. <laughs> right. like, like, here are hundreds of students detailing their accounts of what happened to them and how horrific it was for them. And these are some so high either will and this is, is so right. And this is on Facebook. Like, people are like, yeah, I'm gonna take this survey. I took the survey, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it was like, so when it came time for us to meet with you know administration, we were like. Eh, look at receipts, this receipts, receipts, so I, I think it's sort of like like i'm not scared out here in these streets it was sort of, right. it reminds me of and it's not it's, it's it's the young person spirit right if you think about like black panthers like all of them were mad young absolutely like mad young it's just the spirit of like young folks who are like tired of the bs and sort of are impatient and don't want to wait we like because in in some ways we don't we shouldn't have to for things like that we shouldn't have to right it should just be like desert we should be deserving of that um and so i think that is the cause of that is because we are impatient and we don't take bs when we don't have to and then 
people before y'all set strategies that y'all see worked. And yeah, when yeah. y'all see it worked, it's like, okay, well, we're going to do what we yeah, know yeah, worked yeah, yeah. and apply it to what we need to make happen. Now, for sure. That's fucking beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Ah, that is so beautiful. Earlier yesterday, we were talking about um, just some of the beauty movements that are um, changing mm. in <coughs> culture and how it's affecting hair and mm. body image. And I kind of want to talk about a little bit about that. Mm. Yeah. I think yesterday we were talking about, like, I was telling Diamond about, like, how, like, we were, I went natural. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I was telling, I think, I, w- I think I told you that yesterday because I'm currently wearing my hair straight. And so right. I was sort of in this feeling of, like, uh, I want my hair to be natural because uh-huh. I no longer feel right. Well, I don't know if I, this is weird. I'm not going to say I no longer feel right when I have my hair straight, but it, it, it's, it's like I no longer feel as jazzy as I normally do. Gotcha. Or like, or like I feel like, you know, as, as I like it, because I told you yesterday, I like my hair sort of like, you know, fuller and sort of, you know, in an afro sort of big. Um, that's just my style now. Right. And like I said, I had to grow into that because when I was little or little, I mean, like when I was younger um, in Southeast Louisiana, folks were not wearing their hair natural. And in fact, if you wore your hair, your hair natural, you was automatically like nappy. You didn't have any money to do your hair and go get it, you know, fried, right. dyed, laid to the side. And like, you know, so coming to Evanston, there was like a complete culture change. It was like you was uncool if you was wearing your hair like straight. Like, of course, people wear their hair straight there. But like the general trend is like young girls my age were wearing their hair natural and it looked beautiful. Right. Um, so me being able to see girls my age, young like black girls my age wearing their hair natural and it looked beautiful. I was like, ooh, like and we come from a family where hair some of those old school ingrained things we yeah. grew up listening to and hearing because I remember yeah. you you and your twin she has a twin mm-hmm. sister um, Tay and y'all look totally different yeah y'all hair is totally different yeah um your hair is a more tighter coil yeah than, yeah than Tay's. yeah so um there would be things that it, Yours was much more harder to deal with. Yeah, blah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah. Blah. And I remember I was telling you, like, that's what I was telling you yesterday about, like, my mom, even now, like, mm-hmm. like sometimes she'll be like, why are you wearing your hair like that? Like, why mm-hmm. are you, like, as in referring to my natural hair, like, why don't you, like, get it straight? Like, but, like, I, I, I think it looks good, whereas her in her right. eyes, she's still sort of, like, straight hair is what makes me look put together. Right. And even my aunt, Jonelle, the one I live with now, like, she's like, Oh, you got your hair all over the place. No. But ain't she natural? Yeah, she wears her hair natural too, but she still be thinking like fried dyed and laid to the side is like <laughs> she <Isn't> he? <laughs> very yeah. our family's weird. But like yeah. but she also says stuff like that too. Um and then there are times when my mom's like, Oh, your natural hair looks good today. But I think the I think the reason why she is now like, Oh, your natural hair looks good is because I tell her like I, I am actively like yeah, I like this. Like, I like the way my hair looks. I love the way my hair looks. And, like... So I'm, what gives you that confidence? Because there was a time when that wasn't... Yeah. I just couldn't see us doing that. Yeah. I couldn't see... You, I couldn't see... Um, I went natural in 2010. 
prior to that, it was a process, but it was because I seen girls online doing it where I was like, I wonder what my hair looks like. Yeah. I wonder, cause I never seen it. Cause I was, I trained myself to as soon as I feel a little ripple, who is yeah. time for me to get a relaxer. As soon as I felt a little bit, yeah. you know, after that six weeks, I'm like, Ooh, let me go ahead and put the yeah. cream and crack in. No, like I was telling you yesterday, it definitely took a while for me to be like, this looks good. This looks pretty because mm-hmm. I was my, like I told you, my eyes were different, right? right? Like now my eyes don't, aren't the same, right? When I look in the mirror, I'm like, yo, this twist out is tight. Whereas right. it was like, before it was like, yo, this kind of wacky, but I'm gonna yeah, go with it. I'm you know, go, I'm like gonna, you were just riding it out. Yeah. I was yeah. just riding it out and waiting for it to like one day for my eyes to change and be like, Oh, this is brutal. I, I like and, this. And, and eventually it did, right? Like, you know, eventually I didn't look at, you know, my natural, curl pattern being as like nappy or like unput together or unneat. Right. What helped you get there? Um, I think, like I said, like being around, like embraced in that culture of like black girls who were like taking care of their natural hair and wearing their hair natural. Um, and then like them encouraging me being like, you know, like you can do this. Like, and, and I think them telling me that they did it by themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, because yeah. then I felt like, well, okay, if they did it by themselves and I can be out here and they, they were also like, yeah, I looked raggedy for like the first few months or so. And like, that could be like a, that could very well be a case for you too, but like, you'll have to learn. Yeah. It's a learning curve. Yeah. And so I think once they were like, my girlfriends were sort of like, yeah, like try this out. Like you might look, feel like you look raggedy, but like in the end it'll pay off and your hair will be like much healthier. So I think the affirmation from like black girls who were like my friends or who were very close to me. Um, and then exploring myself, I think going on, like you said, going on to YouTube, like I was on YouTube, like all the time, like looking up (laughs) black girl twist hair, like, you know, like twist outs, you know, like, just trying to figure out like looking up black girl black girl natural hair for six months yeah. natural for nine months yeah yeah. T- <laughs> yeah like big chop or like yeah, you know like solid. black girl hair products uh-huh. you know like everything was like black girl hair like uh-huh. you know so i was just trying to figure out like you know what you know what my method was going to be like how i was going to train my hair you know to be how I wanted it to be and you know how I was going to get there and it it felt it honestly felt like school (laughs) like I was like yeah having to like learn something and like it taking time and like you know practicing it every day you Mm -hmm. know or every other night or you know um yeah it's it's definitely a routine and you got to get used to it and they're and accepting whatever it is because you (laughs) know sometimes you'll see girls on YouTube and they'll have a different hair texture than you and I'm like god I wish my girls yeah. did that or <clears throat> god I, I wish um you know just like oh why doesn't doesn't and in learning how to accept and I think for me at the time finding a scouring the web scouring mm-hmm. YouTube <laughs> and finding that girl with your exact mm-hmm. curl pattern where you're like you know cuz you'll see the other girls yeah. you're like like, oh, I wish I was like that, but it's, girl, it's <laughs> yeah, never going to yeah. be like that, bitch. It's never going to get that. <laughs> so let that go. So really trying to find that girl who has your pattern and embracing her and yeah. then her having the length you might want yeah. and, and showing you how to do a style, showing you what products. You know, when you really find that girl, because I know in my journey, when I first started, um, 
I didn't have friends. I mm-hmm. didn't have no friends that was down. All my friends was like, ooh, <laughs> you're going to look like a slave. You're going to look like a school teacher. You're going to yeah. look like that's not going to be sexy. And yeah. All of this kind of stuff. It was, they were not with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were giving me the blues. Right. And so, um, but because I am my own person and I'm not a person that's going to be like, oh, let me follow, follow the rules. No, right, that's right. never been me. That's just not who I am. But I wanted to do it, and I just went yeah. and I said I'm gonna do it and just do a big job, and um and once I did it, I just had these ideas. I didn't know what my hair was gonna do because yeah. I never saw my hair. I remember when I was growing up, um, you know, prior to transition or anything like that, my um my mom would shave the sides <laughs> of my head, you know, give me a fade on the yeah. sides, and then put an S curl on the top of the top, so it'll be curly mm-hmm. and da 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 da. So. Even as a child, my mother put some kind of chemical in my hair. And so then when I got older and I um, I transitioned, it's the first thing that I did. Once I start growing my hair out, immediately creamy crack. Yeah. My mother do, does it so yeah. every six weeks. I'm doing it every six yeah. weeks just because that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. And that's all I knew. So I never saw what my actual hair did. Until I did a big job. Mm. And I was like, I don't know what my hair does. Yeah. Isn't that like kind of crazy? Like I was talking to my other cousin, Kiana, about this. And like we were sort of just talking about like that idea of like the fact that you did not like your hair had been like processed for so long that you didn't know what your hair actually did like like, or looked (laughs) like. And I was like, yo, my hair is actually like really beautiful. Like the curl, like the coil pattern was like really, but I didn't know that my hair could do that because my mom had been putting process. You're right. Like the creamy crack in there for a very long time. So by the time like my hair had grown out, I did like the slow transitioning too. So it was like very ugly at one point. Mm -hmm. Right. But then eventually when I got it all together and it was all out and my hair was just like, in its natural state, I was like, well, wait a minute. Like, this is beautiful. Like, my hair is beautiful, and I like the way it looks, and there was nothing wrong with it from the beginning. Right. Um, And then another thing that I sort of thought about was, like, once I got to a point where I liked the way my hair looked, like, the way I felt, like, inside was sort of, like, liberating, right? Like, Like, I didn't have to worry about, like, oh, I gotta do my put that stuff in my hair again because otherwise I don't be looking a hot mess out here. It was like, instead, like I can take care of it in a way that isn't like pressure or some, or like I have anxiety about like my hair looking nappy at the root and like straight at the, you know, it was like, it was like a lot of pressure and anxiety to keep up with, you know, the look of straight hair. Whereas like, if I'm wearing my hair natural, it's like, I walk out, pick my Afro out or like, put some twist in my head even if i do don't undo the twist just wear twist in my head right. and go out and it looks fine and i look good and it looks beautiful yeah. right so it's like the relief you know i mean it, like i said it's a routine and like you have to keep up with it but like mm-hmm. the relief of not having to like sit and like have your scalp burning and like do all this <laughs> other like <laughs> drama it's like 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 pure drama yeah. like 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 it was just and i think back to like all those times that like I was getting perms and I was like, girl, that was not fun. Because I wasn't in y'all when, during y'all perm time, I wasn't around as much because I was out of town. But it was when um, I was around y'all when y'all when y'all were younger. So Mm -hmm. I would braid y'all hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, 
you know, y'all used to live for and me it, braiding your hair because y'all know yeah. when I braided, it wasn't going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, because it didn't. Like, that's so weird. To this day, I still don't know how that is because I, I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't hurt. Because I was used to your mama. Your mama yes. got hard steel yes. hands. It's like the Mississippi crop growing. Like, 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 yeah, like she, hey. She braids hard. But, I, and, and, but my mom, it's funny because she was like, your my braids still be tight. Yeah, but they don't but hurt. They don't hurt while I'm doing it. But it's technique. It's like you don't have to pull. Yeah, you don't scalp. have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know another thing about the natural hair thing. Um, my mom was a single. My mom it was slash is a single mom, mm-hmm. and she worked. So her doing our hair like at a time where like. I guess a parent would like normally do like a kid's hair. Like Mm -hmm. when we're like eight, nine and like 10, Mm -hmm. we aren't really doing our own hair. Right. Like at that point, we're just sort of figuring out how to like do your own hair, like how to manage your own hair. So the easiest thing for my mom to do was take us to the, you know, hair salon or like. Yeah. Children don't seem like a hair doing person. Yeah. That ain't really. Yeah. yeah, No, 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 no. And it's more especially because she had two boys before she had two girls and she had us mad late. Like, so it was like, she was working at that point. She had her own career. She was a single mom. And she, for the longest time before she had us, she was just going to the barbershop and like right. just getting $10, $15 haircuts. And like, boys, that's yeah. all she wrote. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then now you have girls and it's like, oh, and my sister had a lot of hair yeah. and like trying to manage that and deal with that. But like my sister's, like you said earlier, my sister had her hair, her hair texture is different. So yeah. She has she, more of a straighter, yeah, curl. Like my and yeah. like my mom, right? Like yeah. my mom. So it was my mom was like, okay, I could I could do this, but man. And then she'd look at me, and then it'd be like, my spongy sort of yeah. tighter co- coil was like, not nah, totally. yeah, like you had more hair, like like yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you know, my mom being a single mom, it was like, boy, like I can't stay up. Like, I, I definitely can't get up early in the morning to, like, do your hair. Right. And definitely can't do it at night because I'm tired. Right. <laughs> like, so, like. So, you got to figure it out, baby. Yeah, figure it out. <laughs> you got to do it. Um, and it was so funny because before my mom started perming my hair, she only permed my hair. I'm not, like, I don't remember my sister ever getting a perm. Um, and that's because of her hair texture. Yeah. She, um, because she, she doesn't need, need one. Yeah. Um, or it wouldn't do the job, I right. guess. Um. But before my mom, she would, like you said, my mom isn't really a hair. She's not. She would put like two pigtails and we wore, I mean, our hair was long, like, but we wore them two pigtails till the cows came home, baby. Like, it was like. I would would come. Yeah, it was well out. Yeah. How long you had them braids? It was right. (laughs) (laughs) It was well out. So, you know, before my mom, and our hair was like really pretty and like gorgeous at that point, but my mom would like do them two pigtails in the morning and we was on the bus. Yeah, so it was like, you know, all of that factored into like why, why I, you know, didn't have natural hair for like yeah. a good bit of my life. What about body image? Oh, that's an interesting topic. And we were talking about this because as a senior, you know, your senior year, you go to prom. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about this last night. I think, I think anytime... I have to go out and like, I've had anxiety about buying clothes my entire life because my entire life I've been like a thicker size, you know, like I've been plus size, you know, for mm-hmm. most of my life. Um, and so I think 
I've had like I've had anxiety for like most of my time like going shopping because I was like oh like I gotta go and search and find for like try to see if I can fit into this and yeah. then I've always been like an <laughs> odd size too like I I've, I've never been like you know an even size I was like always in the middle like it was always like too big or too just too small so it would like clothes would never really like fit me in a way um, that they sh- should or like the way that uh, you know companies were making them so when I was going to prom this year, it was like, man, I thought shopping for, you know, events in the past, like small events were a struggle, but for prom, it just seemed impossible. Like, like plus size and prom just like didn't go together. Like, <laughs> like it was sort of the same thing with the natural hair, like searching up in YouTube, trying to find like mm-hmm. natural hair videos, like searching on the internet, trying to find like companes that made pretty prom dresses for, you know, that didn't make bigger you look ch- like fucking a church mo- homely yeah. mother. <laughs> like, I'm like, don't nobody want to wear this? Like, <laughs> what is this? Like, why is this a full black like church lady? Like, why? Like, like you look like you wear white stockings underneath it. Like, navy real, like, black. Yeah, <laughs> like real homely. Like, why am I in all these dark colors? Like, why can't I like get something bright and vibrant? Um, so like trying to find a prom dress that I felt like matched how I felt in the inside, which was like mm-hmm. beautiful. And like, you know, sort of the struggle that I've had my like entire life of like trying to find like peace and happiness with being thicker and, you know, and so buying a prom dress was like bringing back like old feelings of like, Oh girl, mm-hmm. like, you know, like, so much so that you didn't want to go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. Yeah. I was telling you about this yesterday. Like at one point I just like, was like, uh, like it wasn't the only reason, but I would say it was bigger than the other reason. Like it yeah. was the, the almost the primary. Like yeah. it was like the struggle or the anxiety of like having to find a dress. And it seems so like simple and like, but it, like it, it really wasn't. And like I was just so confused. Like I was like to the point where I was calling my friend. I was like, "Girl, we need to start a boutique because these folks out here playing games <laughs> with us because they out here thinking we can't dress like pretty because." we're on the thicker size and it's, that's not true and like it was yeah it was real wild and eventually I found a dress but this dress was also not like perfect to my size like mm. you know in, in other way in other ways of like other girls when they pick out dresses like you right. know they can find their size whereas like for me my body is so like particular and like it just so it was a little big like in the bust area but like Generally, it fit, and I felt I felt pretty in the end. But yeah, it um, actually looked beautiful. Yeah, I can. Once you pointed out some of the themes, yeah. But I think if you had a little bit more time, right. you could have easily took those. Right. Oh, and let me tell you when I to a tailor and adjusted. Those yeah. Well, let me tell you when I bought the dress. Mm-hmm. The afternoon before. Oh, see, that's why. So I had waited so long, and it was sort of like I said, the anxiety was like, dre- like I dreaded this, and like my mom was like, when you gonna buy a dress when you gonna buy a dress and I was like girl I'm gonna get to it girl I'm gonna get to it so it was like trying to finish out high school because we went to prom the Saturday we got out like a Thursday Thursday like it was like a week and like the Thursday was our last day and then Saturday was our prom night so not only am I trying to finish out like school strong and like I'm dealing with like grades and sort of like the stress of you know AP testing but like I'm also having to like deal with the stress of like trying to find a prom dress and Mm -hmm. it seemed so like arbitrary at the time but like that's a, that's a, that's what are you supposed to be thinking about in high school? Yeah, Prom, graduation, <laughs> yeah. testing. Um, yeah, that's normal. Yeah, and so, yeah. No, now that I look back at it, I, you know, I think 
I, if I had put a little more effort into it, like maybe the process wouldn't have been as bad, but I still maintain my claim, which is that there needs to be better plus size clothing yeah, for, of course. you know, for folks out here. Cause it's, it's a struggle. Mm, definitely. 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 So this is a trans centered show. <laughs> <laughs> So, one of the things that um, me and Rakim talked about is mm-hmm. on our particular episode, you listened to it, mm-hmm. and about him navigating me being a trans person um, as a sibling. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I want to hear your story so you can let the audience hear your story, but <laughs> I want to I give some insight on my, yeah. my side. So your mother, <laughs> she's probably gonna listen eventually, maybe. Um, when your mother met me, mm-hmm. I was living in my own place. Mm. I was seventeen. Mm. I just was. A, I was an adult. I was. Tra- I was trans. I had graduated mm-hmm. from high school. I was um, independent. Mm. I was my own person. Like right. I wasn't some. I was a child. I was just 17, but I wasn't a regular child. I was a very right. mature, level-headed, graduated early, mm-hmm. I, in my own apartment, <clears throat> paying mm-hmm. my own bills with a job, doing my thing. Wow. And so when she met me in that process, <clears throat> um, your mother used to Bible thump me. Mm. I'm not surprised. You know, your mother <laughs> used to... Who your mother is now is not who you're to me. Yeah. Like in how how mm-hmm. you see her interact with me now is not yeah, how surprised. she interacts with me. Yeah, I'm when not she surprised. first in, engaged with me. And so I can't say that I liked her. Mm. But I can't say that I didn't either. Yeah. Because there's something that was fun about Georgia as well. Mm. That was something that I did like, and there was when she got into the Bible thing, I was like, "Girl, <sighs> girl, I liked you up until this point." <laughs> yeah, and she would she would go there, and so I, as we got older, she was like, "Oh, I just was worried about you. I just got, I just was, um, you know, worried about what mm-hmm. would happen." Da, 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 da. And there's a part of that that I think is true, but it's also a part of it yeah. that I think uh, she. Hadn't experienced things. Yeah. She hadn't, um, you know, she had some, you know, it's just, she had to grow into who she is now. Yeah. And, you know, that takes time. Just real country as hell. Yeah, just real country as hell. And although she grew up in part of part of the time in Chicago too, yeah, it's, she still was with yeah, country for ass sure. Walter Grove does something (laughs) (laughs) different to you. (laughs) And so, so she used to Bible thumb. So when she had, she, she had Charles, she already had had mm-hmm. Charles and, um, you not your oldest brother, but the one that came your, her second child. Um, she was going through issues with your father. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, she was just in a lot of need. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if she had burned bridges with, my mom and my grandma, but it, it was a lot of times that I was there to mm-hmm. help Georgia out and she was there to help me out. I remember it was my first year in college and 
I didn't have shit. Baby Georgia would come up and fill my refrigerator <laughs> with food. Yeah. Um, she needed a babysitter. Mm-hmm. Trying to go chase after Charles, <laughs> I would be the babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just was at that time in our life. We were just really looking out for each other. Yeah. Um, especially when she was mad at my mom and her mm-hmm. sister. Um. So, when you all were born, she was in the midst of that. Mm. She was in the midst of um, just really trying to keep her marriage together, make it work mm-hmm. out, and just going through uh, just so much stuff that yeah. you know that black mamas go through. Mm. And so, me being a and me really loving your mother for how she mothered y'all, because yeah. you know, unlike my mom. And you know, I, you know my mom. Yeah. We all are close. And you know, I love my mom. There's things about her that I love. Mm-hmm. But if I, if, honestly, <laughs> if I keep it real, if I take, if I take the goodness of my mom and the goodness mm-hmm. of your mom and put it in one person, it would be the bombest Yo. ass fucking mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like super mom. Yeah, like, it would be like the super mom. Yeah. Yes, because putting them together yeah. would be like such yeah. a good thing. And you could see that like... Not when they are all, together. When they are together. <laughs> like yes. when Moochie lived with us, it would take sort of the weight off of... And then vice versa. Yes, so it was exactly. like, yeah. So the responsibility and... Um, you know, Georgia don't do no drugs. Georgia don't yeah. do none of that foolishness. But... Um, you know, she can be uptight sometimes yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So, so, um, so she she just had a lot of stuff going on. So there was a part of Georgia that I admired, mm. and then there was a part of her that made me want to be in her corner, mm. like like she was going through a lot of stuff. And so when you all were born, it was like, okay, y'all were beautiful baby girls. They were twins, and. You know, in my mind, I'm I don't think about other people's children when it mm. comes to like about telling them I'm trans mm-hmm. and and y'all were babies, so I wasn't thinking she was yeah. having those kind of conversations. But how the conversation started to happen, I didn't know how she was gonna do it. Mm. And because you guys were her children, um that's her place to do. Yeah. So I'm like only thing that I can do is I just hope they don't get disrespectful. I right. hope that, um, you know, you teach them what I find, what I think right. is respectful and blah, blah, blah. I didn't know mm-hmm. what she was going to do because she went through the Bible's thumping stage. I didn't yeah. know what she was going to do in, yeah. the, in regards to her children. So tell me, tell me how Yeah. did a conversation about me start? Um, what is your history with me? Tell me about that. Um, I guess we'll go through the history first because I think that makes a little more sense in how we found out. Mm-hmm. Um, I have like faint memories of you when I was very, very little. Um, like for instance, like way younger, like five and six when you would come around, like we see you every once in a while. Like I think you were our only other girl cousin that would come around us. Besides right. we had like Nunu, but like, you were the only other girl cousin we had. So like whenever you came around, it was always like, Ooh, diamonds coming. And like, sort of like the girly shit would happen. Right. Like (laughs) you would start teaching us right hair, the fashion. (laughs) Right. So it was like really fun. And it was like, you were the only other girl cousin we had around. 
you were much older than us, mm-hmm. right? But like, it was still like, yay, diamonds coming around. And because my mom wasn't like, my mom's not like, not like she's like tomboyish or anything, but she, she sort of had other things going on. So like having you around sort of like filled in the void of like someone, like a girl that we could talk to and sort right. of like hang out with, talk about hair stuff, talk about fashion. So those are my like early memories of you. Um, and sort of like, and I, and I, I think, and this is an interesting because from a very young age, I knew that you were independent, like mm-hmm. because of the fact that you would come around when you wanted to come around or even like the way that you spoke, the way that you carried yourself was very much like grown ass woman, right? Yeah. Like very much like, and I was, I was actually 20. Yeah. I was about when y'all were born that month, I was turning 20. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it very much gave that vibe, like it was like a grown woman, but like yeah. we, and it was sort of like I looked up to you, right? Like I looked up to my mom, but like it was somebody that was younger than me, that somebody that wasn't my mom that was around me, right. that I, that was a girl and that I could look up to and like for fashion advice or like hair stuff or just somebody that was dope and cool and like folksy and like you know would yeah. come around was funny and was like you know so I wasn't old head. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> I was older, but I wasn't right, old head. Right, and that's what that was, and um, and it was different because we hung out with Rakim too, like a bunch, and Rakim is younger than you, but like. Rakim is a boy. So, yeah. like, you know, it, they would want to go play video games or, like, play with rocks and stuff. And we was like, no, no. man. <laughs> like, like, no. No. Um, so, my very early memories of you is, like, you know, experiencing those things. Um, even, like, to the point where I remember, like, like vivid things. Like, this is when I was a little bit older. Maybe we were, like, 9 or 10. But, like, you had came down to, like, our house in Louisiana and, like, me and my sister were like walking. We have a huge kitchen, so we were like walking down the kitchen. It was like sort of like a runway aisle, and you were like, "No, let me show you how to do it." <laughs> and then you like, and then you like showed us how to walk. He was like, "You got to do it like this. Like this is how it goes." So like, just like throughout our lifetime, like our young lifetime, um, sort of like you being there to teach us like what it meant to be, you know, a growing girl and sort of like you know like how to experience that. Right. Um, by the way. We had no idea um, that you were trans until we were around eight. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think I deep. I don't know if we said. I don't know. I don't know if it's like no idea. I think it's really hard to say because, like, even now, like when I think about you, or like when I'm like interacting with you. It's never like Diamond is a trans woman. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's weird, but like my mind is so conditioned because my mom never, my mom never, to, my, by the way, my mom did not tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, your mom told me. Okay. Told me and my sister at the same time. Gotcha. And we'll get into that story like just in a minute. Um, but my mom did not tell us. My mom was like, Diamond is a girl. Like, very, she didn't explicitly say Diamond is a girl, but it was very much like that's what she gave us. She used your correct pronouns, right? Like, called you Diamond, right? Like, she never, like, that's all we knew. Like, we knew that you were Diamond. You were our girl cousin. You were fun. You were folksy. You taught us, like, girly things. Like, right. it was never anything different. And that's kind of what Georgia said she would do. Right. But then something changed, and I didn't know what happened. I guess it was time for her to tell y'all. So I always assumed she sat y'all no. down in a respectful way and told y'all, but it was my mother. Of course, classic. 
Yeah. <laughs> and and I remember that. And and that's so funny because like I remember that moment as like like other impactful moments in my life. Mm-hmm. And not because I was like, oh, surprised. Um, well, let me just tell a story and then I'll say like the impacts of that and what I thought. Okay. So it was it was one day we were getting dressed for school. Um, we were getting ready. It was me, my sister, my mom, and Moochie. This was around the time where Moochie came around and she mm-hmm. would stay for a little bit. Yeah. And so Moochie she, is my mother. Right. Sorry. <laughs> we <laughs> call so her Moochie. Know. We have all our nicknames. Um, so Moochie was around and she would stay with us. Um, and we were just getting ready for school one day. And, you know, of course, we loved you and we talked about you all the time and we looked up to you. So we were always talking about Diamond, 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 Diamond. Like, when we go see Diamond. And so Tay was talking about, like, you know, Diamond this and Diamond that. Or like, and I think Tay asked a question. Somehow, I can't like remember like exactly the question that she asked, but I think Tay was sort of curious. And so Tay asked some question, I don't know what it was, but it led up to Moochie being like, Diamond is a boy. Mm. Baby? (laughs) (laughs) And in that moment, and and I I look back at my mom, and in that moment, my mom was sort of like frantic because she she didn't know what what to do like in in that moment my mom was going to have to step up and say something mom ended up not saying anything moochie ended up explaining she was like well you know diamond is a boy you know but she you know and so she was sort of like roundabout telling us that you were trans or that you were not your sex was not female you know like and so she went about like telling us that um and then sort of explaining it in like you know a folksy way not really like in like you know correct terms the fact that she said diamond is a boy just you know like (laughs) like we was like what what are you talking about diamond is a boy like what are you diamond is not a boy like and like almost before we were looking at her like girl what are you talking about like diamond is a boy like what what does that even mean and so it was so like I said I that was I will never forget that moment for as long as I live Mm. um and I think in that moment and I remember being going to school and being like I was very angry like and not because angry that she told you I think I felt because because of the way she said it I felt that that it was sort of taboo like i knew that it was sort of like like there was some conflict around it like she didn't just say it like oh diamond is a boy like she was like diamond is a boy like it, there was a tone of negativity and was, right and i was very young and so mm-hmm. the fact that she told me that was like you know, why is she coming at diamond like that you know what's funny and because of rakim if you listen yeah. to the show rakim said it too when he was younger that they would say it in such a negative yeah. way and he didn't understand why are y'all being mean to Diamond? Like yeah. like you are being a negative to her and he didn't understand it. So I gave and so you went to school and you there was you were kinda mad that she was on that level. I didn't want to yeah. interrupt you. Yeah, no. So I just remember being like kinda angry. I was like, why is she coming at Diamond like this? Like, you know, like what what is Diamond what has Diamond done that has like upset them or not upset them, but has put tension in those, in these words, like in these sentences that are coming out. Like, like what did diamond do to make like the tone of an entire room just sort of go Mm. down, you know? And, and it didn't change how I felt about you at all. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I still loved you like regardless. Right. Like, and I think, 
that was like a real power like clearly like you talked about like earlier like you know how you looked out for us how you looked out for my mom and like clearly like that impact like was clear to us at some point even though we might have been very very young but like clearly that was instilled to a, in, in us to a point where like even if somebody was shitting on you or like spilling your tea or like you know coming at you in a way that was negative we were like we don't give a fuck like what like yeah. what are you trying what are you doing like like none, <laughs> nothing you can say can change the way I feel about Diamond, you right. know. And so, like even like I said, like even today, like I don't like introduce you as like my trans. Like that's weird. Like, like for me, it's so weird to say like this is my cousin Diamond. Like she is like a trans woman. Like yeah, she's is weird. right. Like this is that's <laughs> weird. Like nobody would ever do that. Nobody would ever like explain that. Like nobody because that's nobody else's like that's nobody's bit. Like nobody right. says that. Like that's not what you do. And like that's not the way I see. I think a more important part in that is that that's not the way like I see you whenever we're like around. Now, I can say in that same breath that when I see like violence on the TV being done to like uh, specifically black trans women, mm -hmm. I do think about you. Mm. Um, How so? I don't know. Like, I think like, I'm like, I'm like, Ooh, like, like black trans women are out here being like killed, like for, and like for no reason, not because like of some mi mishap, the most con like people always bring up like, well, trans women like trick, like, which is like not right. a thing. Like there's not like a common, right. And so like, when black trans women are being killed for like no reason um or just being killed in general like it's it, it like i get worried i'm like Ooh. and so like in the same breath i'm like yeah i don't see like diamond as like a trans woman i don't think about like when i see like I, when i say her name or when i think about her i'm not like oh she's trans but then when i see something on the tv that like directly relates to like your identity then i'm like right so i don't, I don't so I, I think I know. I, th I think I know what you're trying to articulate. I don't want you not to um, see me as a trans woman because that's my identity. It right, almost, right, right. It's almost like you know when white people say, "Well, I don't see you as a black girl." Yeah. Well, you know, but so I want you to see me as a trans woman. But I think what you're trying to say is that's not all my identity. Yeah, to yeah. Like it doesn't, that's just not right. you know. That's not girl. what I'm thinking about yeah. when I'm I'm around my cousin. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm around <laughs> yeah. my cousin and we having a good good ass time, right? Like that's what it is. Exactly. And I th I think I think what my mother during that time and especially around that time mama was transitioning in her own way mm. she was coming to grips with it mm -hmm. she was even though it wasn't old it yeah. wasn't like a new thing i mean i'm sorry it wasn't new it wasn't new i've been ever since you was born i've been diamond <laughs> <laughs> and and it's since i was like 13 14 wow so before i met your mom yeah. your mama has met now when i was a baby when she met me when i was like two weeks old you know but in my adult life, when I met your mom, I was Diamond. There was, it was, it, nothing has, it wasn't new. But during that time, you know, she was still growing and still getting over it. And I think that she, especially when she gets to drinking. Um, <laughs> yes. I think that her true feelings start to bubble up. And I think that um, that's just something. Mm. That's just something. And 
And I'm glad I know that story because it, not that I thought yeah. Georgia was saying anything negative. Nothing. I didn't think right. anything like that. But I thought that it was, I thought that she said, okay, well, it's time for me to explain this. No. I didn't know that it was my mother. No, there was no sit down. There was Diamond is boy. Yeah, it was a very direct, um, yeah. So it and was she, very like abrupt and sort of like a, like th- this whole no time. No tenderness about it. Yeah. And yeah. so it was like this whole time we've been like, like nothing like very like too like you know like very straightforward and then all of a sudden it's like whoa whoa yeah (laughs) interesting 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 i know it a a dynamic that i kind of thought about as well when i was thinking about having this conversation with you because y'all are girls dealing with y'all had less much less anxiety than dealing with charles because even though Charles treated me the same way y'all did Mm -hmm. so Charles never have treated me any kind of any kind of way because Mm -hmm. I've been around him since he was in diapers too so never had any kind of issues with him in particular Um, but because he's a boy child and I would hear people say stuff to Georgia y'all mother like Mm -hmm. um not in front of me, but they would say, well, you don't think that having mm-hmm. her around your kids would influence them and or um, confuse them. And it would never be about y'all because y'all mm. was two girls. It will always be about the boy. Mm. It would never be about y'all. Like questioning me being around y'all <coughs> was never something they brought up. But mm. questioning me being around Charles was something that was always brought up. So there was a lot of anxiety with me being around Charles Mm. as compared to y'all. The weirdness around like Deanie and her children Mm. and all that churchy stuff. So Deanie is a a sister of (laughs) our aunt. She's our aunt. And, um, you know, they live a really kind of christiany life and so and they never treated me bad but there was conversations that i heard about when i wasn't around um did you ever hear any kind of conversations that were kind of weird and strange yeah um specifically with like one of her children um like just being in the car with the Mm -hmm. like with her particular child and like them being like you know well, you know, I don't really like, you know, I don't have any problem with Diamond, but, you know, I don't really like support that or like, I, you know, I don't really like agree with that like lifestyle, you know, just like sort of like the slick shady shit that's yeah. like, I'm not directly saying that like I hate on Diamond or like I'm going to like perpetrate violence against her, mm-hmm. but I don't agree with what she does, which yeah. is just as like violent in you saying those those words, just as if you were to like physically act violence onto Diamond. I remember we. She's talking about cousin. We ain't gonna say her name, but um, yeah, <laughs> she's talking about one of our cousins. And now, mind you, like we've said, I've been really independent. Yeah. And so, the funny thing is, these particular this particular branch of the family, I wasn't really close to. Yeah. I didn't really. T- I probably only seen them in my life, totally. Yeah. A total of like three or four times. Yeah. And this particular person. I probably only seen her once 
Like literally once, yeah, maybe twice. If and I'm saying twice just to <laughs> kind of cover it twice, yeah. but I'm not. I don't really remember yeah. it. I remember being at their house once. At the house with Dini and Joe, I'm trying to think. Da, 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 da. And then I don't remember <clears throat> being around them any other time. Yeah. So, and I've had this incident with other people in my life where. They really just volunteered this opinion. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even come around you. So <laughs> like, like what? I'm like, I, I I don't even see you. So yeah. why are you even having these conversations about whether or not you weird. agree or disagree with a lifestyle or anything? Yeah, weird. And super weird. Like, like it weird. to me it was like I, it doesn't make sense to me. And then Or even like if you actually like like it was. It happened with Dini's kids, but it also happened with one of our uncles, and mm. you know exactly who I'm talking about. I'm gonna cut it out. Who? Uncle Joe. Okay, see, I don't know him. You don't. You never met Uncle Joe. Okay, okay, but like he, he was like, um, yeah, you know, I had, and he used your correct point. He's like, yeah, I had her on Facebook, but then once I found out what she was, I took her off. Oh, okay. And I'm like, nigga, what? <laughs> like. What? like what it's just a weirdo like just weird stuff like yeah I, i've never met him it's like what it's like yeah what in like what type of like and that's it's just weird the kind of emotions that like evoke. people associate and what's funny it's emotions that associated with something that isn't diamond that yeah. isn't me like if you know me right then you would know me but right. you don't but it's you whatever don't. you your got assumptions built up your in stereo, your head. yeah and yeah, really it's, it's really strange and weird. And because we know you, we just be looking at him like, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I remember getting into like a debate, like, and this is like going back to like, like, because we love you so much or because we like know who you are and mm -hmm. we know you like at, closely. Like, right. I remember after he said that statement, I was just kind of like, and I never sp like speak up to this person or like I do sometimes, but I know the outcome is like his ignorance is his ignorance. And like, yeah, there's no point anywhere. in me like going back and forth with them. But in this moment, it was really just like, what? Right. And so I just remember like going back and forth with him and he was like, so what if your, your brother decided that he wanted to like do that? Would you still be his family? I said, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's weird. Like, like you don't think that's like and i was looking at him like giving him like like as in like a that's weird kind of face like you don't think what you're saying is weird like my my bro like somebody that's my family like it's been in my life i'm supposed to just stop fucking with him like isn't that? that like really odd <laughs> like what that doesn't like really like how and i was talking i was like how do you and i asked i was like how do you do that just, like how, how do you, do you just that? cut someone that like you love and like hasn't done anything like violent towards you or anything like yeah. that's like bad but to just you. decide right to you but just decided to like be who they are like be who they want to be be who they are yeah. you know live their life <laughs> like like Aside from living, like, what what has this person done? Like, you know, so it's like, so I remember reading in that debate, and it just got to a point where I was just like, right. Brick wall. 
Right. <laughs> I'm, and I was like, I'm sure she, like her other 4,000 followers, like will make up for like the one person she lost on Facebook. Like she didn't notice that. I like, <laughs> like I, you telling me like, I didn't even notice. Like, I thought he was on my list. She and, didn't know. And the funny yes. thing is, I didn't add him. Yeah, right? <laughs> right? That's the funny thing. I didn't right? send him a request because I don't, I'm, I'm not that type of person. I don't know you yeah. so it, but then when I saw him and he that he sent me a request, I just accepted it. But right. I like if I go now, I wouldn't have noticed that he was gone. It's, it's like strange. But weird. then back to the cousin. But then she comes to my city and <laughs> wants to mm-hmm. stay with me. Yeah. And and then me being who I am, I'm not gonna be that person. No. You you coming in and you don't had all this to say, but then now you need to stay with me or you need to um for whatever reason. Yeah, she was real hot with Tay. Like I remember her coming back to like wherever we were staying. Cause she was like kind of staying with us at, at some point because she uh-huh. had like a job in our city or whatever. Yeah. And she was like worked at, you know, a place where she could bounce around. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I remember her like coming back and like being like, I'm so effing mad at Tay or whatever, because she went back and like told her and like, like, what do you expect? Like, we not that type of like family. Like, if anything, we are brutally honest and yeah. like we can't control like, all of us. All of us. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it doesn't end. And like, if we feel some type of way, especially about a person that we like yeah. or that we adore and love, like. Of course we're gonna go back and tell Diamond girl, yeah. you shouldn't have been talking. Like, <laughs> Duh. And then of course and I'm glad they did because I would have been like, Oh, yeah. you wanna come stay in my apartment like, with me? Yeah. And, and having you in here and smiling my face when you really don't fuck with me like that. Isn't that weird? That's strange as fuck. <laughs> cause I wouldn't have known anything cause I don't talk to them yeah. and so she would hit me up and was like oh cause basically she was trying to get this job and she had to do training in my city and so she needed to stay with somebody cause she didn't want to stay with her training buddies her work training buddies she wanted to stay with family so she called me and asked me to stay with me but before this happened you know Ali and Tay and everybody had came and put a, that bug in my ear <laughs> about her saying she don't fuck with me like that. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so when she called, it was a gag. It was like, what the fuck? And so I was like, no, you can't stay with me because you don't even fuck with me like that. They told me what you said and it's okay for, and I'm the type that, even with my grandmother, you know, Pauline, I don't, I didn't, I'm the type, you don't have to accept it. You're going to respect me, but you don't have to accept it. I'm not going to come to your house. I'm not going to hang out. I'm not going to befriend you. I'm not going to be fake. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be in your life and I'm not going to force anything on you. That's not really what I, what I'm about. So cool. So, but you're not about to come and act like we besties after giving me all that. Yeah. No friendly bobbing over here. No. No friendly bob. Just move on. Just get the fuck on. Yeah. And so... She tried to contact me again and was crying on the phone. What? Yeah, she was crying on the phone. Like, that is not who I am. I am. Like, it was so weird. Like, I'm like, now you're getting all emotional and shit about it because I don't want to fuck with you. But 
I didn't even ask you for this information. Right. Like I didn't ask you, and I'm sure the girls didn't ask you that either. No. <laughs> Right, I'm she probably sure I just came willingly up willingly offered up that opinion, that and opinion. we wasn't having it. Yeah, he was exactly. in the back of little kids in the back of the car, like, "Girl, what are you talking about?" Exactly. <laughs> like, and so they're gonna come back and tell me, and they're not gonna fuck with you. Well, I'm yeah. not gonna fuck with you, and that's just simple as that. And so, and that's what, and it's the same. It's the same thing with my mom. It's the same thing that just seems to happen generally with people. They want to share their opinion about it, and don't nobody really give a fuck. We what? Like, yeah, it's, it's strange. so strange and so weird. Um, and I'll never understand it. Like, and I'm so, yeah, I'm just so glad. Like, I feel in some way I feel privileged. Like, mm-hmm. like in the fact that like, I'm privileged enough to like have been lucky enough to grow up not being as ignorant or like I'm privileged in that my mom chose to raise me in a way that I wasn't violent to other people. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, whether that be physically or verbally. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Cause like when you, words have power and in, in the, in the kind of impacts that you have on other people um, can sometimes lead to physical act, like actual physical violence. Right. Um, so in a lot of ways I think about that all the time is like, Man, I'm kind of privileged. And how did that privilege impact your relationship with queer folks as you went through like high school? For sure, and especially coming to Evanston, I, we talked about this, uh, I, or I kind of because I saw about a lot of queer folks, right? And a lot of folks. them are like my friends, or I've like dated some, right? So like, right. Um, going to Evanston, it was like a lot of queer visibility. Like folks were living their best life and living who they are and what they wanted to do and doing what the fuck they wanted to do. And and so I think going into that space, it wasn't like a Southern person, like, oh, my, Southern Christian person, like, oh, my God, right. this is crazy. Like, I can't be around <laughs> all of this gayness. Right. It was like, no, I'm about to come out, too, because mm-hmm. I also like women. Like, right? right? Like, so it was like, it was very much like I could be who I am and, like, I could also, like, live in my truth right. and also, like, treat people with respect. And, like, and not even just, like, with respect, but, like, treat people like people and not, like, objectify or like other folks right right and so like a lot of times you get in those spaces and like people like objectify you right and like make you feel like you aren't like human right and like dehumanize you and like like your idea your identity is just all you are right and like take a and take and take that away from you and sort of like so being able to like i guess having that privilege and being able to look into myself and like you know, really like be okay and explore my sexuality, um, as well as respecting others, um, in the community and like just treating folks like humans and being humane myself, um, and maintaining humanity and like, yeah, just like not being violent to other people, Mm. um, in those spaces, um, and knowing my place. Um, and, and I hate, like, I don't know, hate the word ally, but I, I, I don't like it if it doesn't like pertain to you like actually doing action or like when when things go down like what are you if you're in that space like what are you doing to like actively fight against you know some effed up stuff you know and I've been in those spaces I've been in spaces where my queer friends were being 
targeted or like acts of violence against them. And like, I had a choice. I had a choice to be a bystander. I had a choice to be there and be their support and like be their backup. Mm. And I don't mean just like fighting motherfuckers like everywhere, but just like being a, a, not a voice for them, but being a voice with them and being like, you know, there with them and supporting them. Um, emotionally and you know if they want me to go to a you know a protest or walk out or like if they want me to sign like we also did petitions and stuff too like they want me to sign a petition like learning about what what the cause they're fighting for and why it matters educating myself um I had to learn pronouns right like um I have non-binary friends like I had to learn the use they them you know like learning that like actively learning how to respect people um so I think my privilege came into that like it wasn't like hard for me to like call someone them day and not use very gendered very like essentialist right. language because language had became fluid right, right? and so yeah it was just, it was quite lovely because yeah. it was like folks could just l- really be like free and like like if we allowed folks to like be free they could right. they could well, I think we done covered it so much. <laughs> <laughs> um, was there a topic that you wanted to talk about? Is it anything that uh, we haven't talked about? I don't know. I feel like we covered a lot. Yeah, we just got out of the closet. Wow. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough. I think that's enough. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show. No You have problem. blessed us this with this. So fun amazing piece of history (laughs) (laughs) and And i think it's yeah i think i like i said like going into that privilege i think it's just such like an interesting and unique is a weird word but it is sort of unique experience um like how many people can grow up like saying that they yeah family member close to them right and like had to like confront and deal not deal with but had to confront sort of the conflict that came around folks being violent towards you and like having to like you know step up and being like no i'm not just gonna sit here and let you like talk about my cousin and like treat her any kind of way like you know and so yeah i think that's a interesting and 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 i don't feel burdened by it like at all like it just feels like something that like i want to do and like i want to be a part of and so yeah, and I love you. Well, thank you. I love you too, darling. Yeah. You are brilliant. Um, just so special to me, and I totally, I'm so glad to share this experience with you. Just your your graduation and seeing you go to the next level. Yeah. I just, I know you're gonna go to Howard and wear it the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I hope y'all bitches is ready up there. Yes, <laughs> they're not ready. Um, and I plan <sighs> to take like a lot of like these experiences um and i say unique because like even like being a student and like being in class with trans folk or you know just queer folk in general and like navigating that space and sort of like being in that space and i plan to become a teacher and educator at one point Mm -hmm. and i will have trans students i will have queer students in my classroom and so like I think it's just such, that's why I say I feel so privileged because I've been in classes where my friends have been like disrespected and like blatantly disrespected and just like treated like inhuman. And like, I just been kind of like, man, like if I was up there, like we just be like embracing everybody and like, you know, just like (laughs) this would be a totally different space. And, And I feel like privileged enough. Like it almost feels like, like you gave me sort of like an experience that like I can take and like sort of like, not change the world but like you know like 
make change spaces, your corner of the chase, world. chase my like things that I have control over, mm. sort of like use my experience and like, you know, change, make things like the way it should be. And like, yeah. you know, make it very no like normalize it and make it very like safe. <laughs> like, I don't know, uncomfortable. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, sh social media is like kind of wacky for me. I don't really, I have <laughs> Facebook, like Alex Bowling and like mm -hmm. you tag me so they could really find me there. But I've been off of social media for like a very, very long time now. Yeah. I'm not really like, and I think just because I'm like such a private person that like. Mm -hmm. And that's I'm, okay. Yeah. And like, and I'm getting into that more, but like. Yeah, I'm not really. So you can find me on Facebook, Alex Bowling. All right. And that, that's, that's where you can find me. Well, that was the show, y'all. I hope y'all enjoyed. We will see you next week. Say bye, Alex. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>